0: On this podcast, two young travelers, Alex Deathrow and Jesse Muneer, will be going on a journey to find the greatest cinematic treasures. Each week, they spin the wheel of fate and allow destiny to decide whether the next few hours will be filled with genius and wonder or boredom and mediocrity. Our heroes hope to unbury hidden gems and share the discoveries with the world through humble conversations. And maybe, if they're lucky, better themselves along the way. So welcome, one and all, to the Movie Quest! Hello, hello. Hello. Welcome. Welcome back to the podcast, which we call the movie quest. TMQ, T.M.Q, Yes. Don't, I don't know Are that. you <laughs> start paying attention, Alex? <laughs> <I>? My co host. <laughs> um, I'm Jesse. I'm I'm here yeah. with Alex. I'm Alex. Who Me. and uh, today we're going to annihilate another film from our watch list. We've yeah. already watched it and now we're gonna talk about it. Uh, the film, the film of the week, the film that the roulette of destiny has given to us to watch for last week and talk about today mm-hmm. was the Deer Hunter, a 1978 cla- classic. I don't know yeah, what it's how it's considered say so, to be yeah, honest. For sure. I would say so, yeah. uh, considered a classic, highly
1: acclaimed classic, yeah, highly I acclaimed. acclaimed. Won like six that, that year. Yeah, I think so
0: it's. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I'm not sure how it is how it stands in popular culture. Like, I don't know if people. For me, this was a film. The reason it's it's on my watch list. I'm not actually that sure. I think what it was because I don't think I don't have a memory of anyone telling me to watch this. I don't have a memory of being like, oh, dude, I love the Deer Hunter. I think what it was is I just heard it mentioned in the periphery in like the context of things like oh. i heard talk about it in film class yeah. i maybe heard some people mention it about it being good mm-hmm. but i didn't actually even know that it was about vietnam oh, like really well <laughs> uh, really? yeah. i didn't think i honestly my picture in my head is i thought it was like a literally <laughs> like a somber quiet movie about a deer hunter like robert de niro just being a deer hunter in the you're forest you're not wrong it's part but it's, of also it. a yeah. it's also yeah. a war movie right um so right off the bat, I guess what I'll say is that my viewing experience with the Deer Hunter is that it definitely pushes it's in masterpiece territory for me. Like this was yeah. really phenomenal. Yeah. It was really, really, I, I'm glad really, that you really that great. Because I, I love I thought
1: this movie was staggering and, and completely
0: crushing. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, yeah. And this is your... You've seen it before, right? You know what? I had... I don't... Th- i It's weird. I i had
1: thought that I had seen it before. This is one of those movies where I like... Yeah. I had... So, weird connection to this. Like, this is actually set in Pittsburgh. This is Yeah, very cool. So, they're in... They're in Clintonville. Or Clinton. And this is like 30 minutes outside of... So, I knew that it was set in Pittsburgh. But I we really had a memory of watching this in high school, when I was watching, like, because my grandfather was also in Vietnam, so I, I started to get, oh, be gotcha. it Vietnam films, or, like, the and Apocalypse pop now, and, yeah. you know, stuff like that, um, and, um, so I had, like, a memory of watching it, but when I think what it really was, I had just seen the, the, the Vietnam sequence, that's all I had seen, was the was oh, the the Russell Roulette sequence yeah, had just the watched clip. the entire movie i thought i had uh, like like years ago like 10 years ago uh yeah but no, i have so this was the first time watching i had seen the 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 most iconic scene from this movie which is the the russian roulette um scene it was christopher watching yeah. and de in, in vietnam that whole sequence um, I have seen that, but I have yeah, never had that. I watched the whole thing, so yeah, that's I'm funny. Glad that I did. I,
0: yeah, I, I have some memories too of like films that, like when I when I rewatch them, it's like I've definitely seen pieces of this. I don't know why I've yeah. only seen these pieces before, but I I don't remember like anything around it. Right. Um, that's really interesting. That's really interesting. Um, yeah. So this this kind of starts off with a huge bang for me like this had one of my favorite openings of them for movies just in general where it opens with those amazing steel mill shots like of all the machinery and the fucking fire and the sound and it put me in such a vibe because the filmmaking was just like the shots, the cinematography was so tactical and textured yeah um and it 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 it's funny because I know, like in the time of 1978, it wouldn't feel this way. It feel like peak, you know, polished. But now it feels so unpolished <laughs> yeah, and raw yeah, because yeah, of right. all of like the micromanaging we can do with digital stuff. Yeah, right. But you know, I we talk about loving that sort of texture that you see with analog film all the time. And Jesus, yeah. I I love that Related steel to, that steel yeah, mill shots. Yeah,
1: biggest, one of the last week that's one of the reasons why I love Oppenheimer so is is the is the analog it feels like illegitimate like I was watching a movie from the fucking seventies, like just sound film, no digital at all. And it's yeah, it's, it's yeah, this movie looks incredible. And yeah. yeah, I agree with you. The opening of this is so awesome and such a like great tone setting set, set, center. And like the first hour of this movie is i think one of the most like impressive parts of it because yeah people going into it like i knew this was a war movie but people going into it definitely knew that it was a war film too there it takes more than an hour to get yeah
0: really long and time. what's
1: funny is this i hesitate to even call this a traditional war movie because what this movie is about yeah really yeah is that it's about these core characters and the effect that the vietnam war has had on them before and after what's fascinating is there's only you know a unbelievable and harrowing vietnam sequence in the film but it's just a sequence it's only 30 minutes of the movie and, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and, you know, that's so um, different. You know, a year later, you know, arguably one of the greatest movies of all time, and maybe the greatest dog war killer, Apocalypse Now to now. And when you compare, like, the Deer Hunter and Apocalypse Now, it's almost laughable, because the Deer Hunter, it's is laughable because you can't even really compare the two. Because the, the Apocalypse Now is about literally about the people on the ground the whole movie is yeah, literally yeah, about yeah. the experience of the vietnam war and sure it's just as powerful as the deer hunter because it does you know go through the, the themes of trauma war trauma you know and stuff like that in that film and a much more like operatic and coppola right you know amazing scope way the deer hunter when i think is so impactful and, like, amazing is that this is incredibly grounded and incredibly nuanced and um just really striking because it doesn't rely on some of the gimmicky war um imagery that you can, you, you can fall into with, like, a war film like this. It doesn't rely on any of that. And it relies yeah. on characters and the this, the group of characters' experience, and and I just love how the film is structured, because it's, the first hour sets up all these guys, and goes to Vietnam, and then it's, like, the last hour, basically, uh, the last hour and a half is basically life returning home, and dealing with the consequences with... Darrell Street's character, his friends surrounding him, trying to build back his friend Steven, trying to find Nick, you know, uh, and um, because this movie is about brotherhood and uh, at the end of the day, about like uh, friendship, and um, but through this lens that is not pro war, it's not, not anti war either, which I think is really interesting about this movie. It, it keeps it grounded within the characters and their experience. It's not like Platoon, which I think is genius. But Platoon is a movie that Alder Stone, like he always does with all his films, because he's a very political guy. And what, what makes him such an interesting filmmaker is that Platoon, at the end of it, you're like, I know exactly how Alder Stone feels about the vietnam war right 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 right. it's a statement you know yeah yeah. Uh, and but this movie i found the ending of it and i found like the almost the message of it incredibly like bittersweet and powerful and just like really really human and like just really really something you know it's
0: it's always really moved uh, yeah i was i was too and i i think the uh, the i really agree with the the word choice of human feeling behind it because the the intense humanness of it reminds me of of how i sort of feel when i'm watching a french new wave film like breathless it's just such a direct connection to the human spirit Mm -hmm. through something like that and you just cut a lot of the the staging and stuff. It really feels like you're experiencing yeah. just a a human life rather yeah. than the a movie experience. It is an experience, but it feels it 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 has that realism to it that yeah, it's, makes it's the very, emotion it's very, very very powerful. Very, and very real, but part of that is you
1: know this is a like so You started to get kind of this great, you know, naturalistic dialogue, and you know, um, right, these, but also naturalistic. like not to mention, like acting in the 70s, with thanks to people like Robert De Niro, who who is the star of this film, who, right, had incredible, maybe one of the greatest rugs of any actor of all time, um, in the 70s. Um, completely absurd. I don't think it's ever unmasked by anybody. And this is yeah. just one of them, you know. A year later, Raging Bull came out, uh, which, Jesus you know, is Jesus Christ. probably his dad in <laughs> Locus two years before The Gear Hunter, Taxi Driver. And then a year before that, Godfather Part II. I mean, it's just like the Jesus the list, you know, he, he dominated, you know. But him, Al Pacino, Christopher Walken, like these dudes, James Caan, like these 70s icons were doing something these movie stars were doing so, like, such different acting, and such, they were, it seemed like they were much more interested in, like, Italian, you know, neorealism, than like, this real, right. act like, naturalistic acting, and they also, all those guys worshipped Grando, who mm-hmm. was really the first guy to kind of Implement acting like that in the 50s and the 60s. And he was doing this, like, much more um, subtle and, like, wild swings, you know? And those actors kind of took it and kind of um, did, did their own thing with it. But it's with the 70s, like, gritty... You know, it, feel like, it, it feels like a lot of improv is happening, especially with yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Especially with like those bar scenes with all the friends. who get in the beginning, of the film, they go after work. You see that you know they go to the bar, that scummy, you know, bar, in the fucking you know, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Saga. All of that feels so natural, and I
0: wouldn't be surprised if it was a lot of it was aroused it uh, yeah it, it, I, it felt, that, it felt way. that way in a yeah. in a good way yeah. yeah it definitely feels that way a good there's definitely some things like I could i could formulate a a critique i don't think i will but i could about how there's some moments about dialogue being kind of awkward or stilted because maybe of like that stuff like that but the experience in the context of things it just doesn't really matter that much to me like those those weird bumps in the road every once in a while it just doesn't take me out of it it just feels like part of the world really at the end of the day exactly right Uh, well, yeah. um, and I wanted to mention that I I, I was really struck because I realized I hadn't seen Christopher Walken in such an emotional, not funny or, or kind <laughs> yeah, of yeah, uh, yeah. gimmicky role yeah. before. Have you ever uh, seen the, I was, you gotta watch the, um, the movie he did with Kronenberg, the Dead Zone. You gotta see that. Oh. Oh, that's the that's the fucking um, Stephen King adaptation yeah. too, right? <laughs> I think I have seen that. I didn't know that was Cronenberg. I saw that a yeah, long Cronenberg time that, ago. Uh, um, but man, his performance in this movie was uh, yeah. almost broke my heart. More a, like was one I think he's he's the character that like got me the yeah. most. Yeah. You know, he's he's just so specifically his lines when he's just talking about the trees dude i just like how they are holy fuck that was awesome i love that um just that and you know that that line was like happened in the scene before the vietnam sequence too which you could kind of feel how close that 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 sequence was coming so that that's that that line just broke my heart because i just knew that the rest of the movie is gonna fuck me up right there it's like i know that this is gonna come back to haunt me like this moment right here i can just feel it and it really fucking did yeah. Um that actually leads me back to I have two things about the Vietnam sequence where I wanted to comment on I didn't really process how short it was, that it was just thirty minutes. That's it really be, crazy. Yeah,
1: that um, short of
0: that. Because it is just like three scenes, mm-hmm. really. Um but the thing about that that's really cool about also the themes yeah. of it, with like from the naturalistic realism living a life kind of theme. People who go to war, the, the, their time in war is probably a minority of their life, their total oh, life yeah. in the first place. Oh, but the degree to which your life is affected afterwards is catastrophic. You yeah. can't go back. You're right. you're you're changed into something else, right. which is something that I haven't seen in the in the conversation. Of war movies because a lot of times war movies end they're the in they're mm-hmm. in they're in, ex- right. in the moment right. of war and it ends before the PTSD kicks right. there, in. There's uh, films that are like uh, the film. It seems to take a lot of inspiration from
1: this, like well-known movie from I think it was the late forties or early fifties called The Best Years of Our Lives, which is a movie I've that I've heard of that one. That's an incredible film, and it's a movie about soldiers from World War World War II. Um and it's basically kind of the same idea as this movie kind of where you got a group of friends who were in World War II and they all come back um to their hometown. the movie starts with them returning home. And it's about um, them basically dealing with, you know, the repercussions so, in. What it what's interesting about that film is they didn't really know what PTSD was at the time so gotcha. it's, re- it's still a fantastic like movie it actually kind of adds to the movie because they never mentioned like PTSD or anything it's like it's like almost like they they have it but they don't even know how to like really articulate it you know Right. It's very like, similar really, to this film re- yeah. yeah. exactly right um, in a really fascinating way. But yeah, war films are usually um, right, they're usually done in a way that is like, yeah, the more, you know, cinematic approach, which I love, you know, the I agree. Yeah. I favorite movies ever. But yeah, that movie's about the experience, right? And, but with Vietnam, it also depends on what war you're also talking about, because Vietnam was like a it was a weird it was a weird one. Uh Yeah, it was. We probably shouldn't have been there. Um uh, actually probably we just should not have been there. And there's just a lot of um and I think this movie handled it in a really great way. 'Cause like clearly the filmmaker could have been like an auger son with Platoon, which Platoon is genius. I love Platoon. But you know, I love that this film doesn't, like, exact itself almost in like, what the filmmaker thought about the war or what he, he's just observing these characters and how uh, especially, you know, these, Ameri- I love that. These, yeah. Yeah, these Americans while they went to war in the first place, like, these, you know, making a comment on kind of, like, how these lower working class men almost felt Obligated, right, to go to war in a way um, to fight for their for their country, but um, but they also some of these characters I felt feel like that they have nowhere else to, to go in a way. They feel like they almost feel like they need to, you know, or got drafted or or whatever, you know. And, right, and I, yeah, I, it's I, fascinating. I
0: I really I really like that because I I I really agree with the feeling of this film feeling so different it kind of opened my mind to not open my mind to being <laughs> pro-war but it opened my mind to a perspective of war in a way that i hadn't seen yeah, right, before right. really um, that's, that's right well right. yeah. i think the thing about it that really kind of hit hit me in a way is i really appreciated because you're right it really doesn't Push a specific agenda yeah. of what you should think about the war, which I mean, is a cool if I thing about right? was
1: Right, right. That's that's people, that's a pretty most clear. Both artists, most artists were not. Uh,
0: most people, both you know, liberals were not were not. But what I think was really cool about this perspective and unique about this 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 take on it was. The, the idea of just saying well what actually happens to young people who don't know what they're getting into wow. don't know what how to p- proceed with their life don't know how to grow up who are just living in happy what happens to them when they are taken to war mm-hmm. and then they have to grow up in that environment right. what happens to those people and this is this this reveals that and a really uh, both non-invasive yeah. but profound kind of way yeah so um that that it also made me think about how there's kind of the argument where you and i are both in agreement about the idea where i have no problem with the cinematic take of 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 war like shooting cinema by taking taking advantage that dunkirk saving private ryan i like seeing that stuff it's very cool and it's very exciting and it's also very very meaningful upsetting. It, also,
1: it, it can also be yes. <laughs> in, in Sarah Pratt Ryan's case, like, is one of the most impressive sequences that you know, the Normandy Beach scene is so impressive. But it is, at the end of the day, like, it is very much like a showcase for these cinematic elements. But it also works in, like, a, I mean, it's so so
0: harrowing, you know? It right. really puts you right, right. of what it's like to be on, on that beach on that day, you know? I think the and so kind of the controversy, which this a version of this controversy came up with the Dahmer thing most recently, which <laughs> yeah, is the yeah. idea of like what is the point of glorifying violence? Yeah, like this, right, you know. Right. And there's definitely examples of war movie and army totally, stuff that yeah, just absolutely. feels like American propaganda, right. which feels gross, you know. Yeah. And using yeah. violence for a money making purpose, right. but a film like this really reminds me why it's important. That we tell stories about this type of stuff. You know, because the Look lessons awkward. that every person that can be learned, especially for, you know, men like you and me, we're no. not in war times, but we're draftable, no. right? Healthy body, I'm draftable about, people. You are, yeah, about. you're not. <laughs> I am. So for me, I was thinking about that. It's like shit, a different life. I that could have happened to me. You know? I, I was so that affected me in another way where it's just like right. in a way. It connected with me where it's just like, oh, these, this is me. This is who they're talking about. Yeah. They're talking about young men like me. Exactly you know, right. I, right. it's not just a movie. Right. Um, uh, yeah. So that, and th- that was the other element about this movie. Where at times, like, I'm thinking about the shot when. Um, mike is carrying Stephen out of yeah. the lake and he joins the 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 refugees right. all that huge troop i was like well yeah. this isn't a documentary this is not a documentary you right. know this it's, is it's, a movie that
1: was really well done by the way. Looked, yeah yeah look, look, super good um yeah i mean there, there's parts of it that are that are so well uh realize especially like that vietnam sequence, are so well realized that you, you it is it does at times kind of feel like a documentary like i know that they shot yeah all locations they shot in taiwan they shot in vietnam they shot yeah 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 places. So it's like it, it feels super authentic um and uh you know it's um I I just, I think the look of it is is extremely impressive, and especially, um, like, I just think, I just love how it's not, like, it should clearly be, um I don't know, it's not over lit. It's not, like, everything about it yeah. is, like, it's so, the cinematography is just perfect. I just think that they, especially this, yeah. the way that they shoot, uh, you know, the, you know, Pittsburgh, and, the, and they shoot, this town that they live in is is aesthetically beautiful but incredibly ugly right but it's like yeah uh, oh yeah but it's so they completely nailed that they didn't try to like make this place look more um appealing to the eye or anything it's like no it's like a beautiful shot but it's like
0: showing the harsh reality of uh where they live you know which is yeah you know I think you're right. It's like I, I like that word of saying it doesn't feel overlit because that is something that I think is sometimes the like the exaggeration Absolutely, or yeah. almost like the photoshopping of right. war to make yeah. it look yes. more like a spectacle. Right. Um, but this does a great totally. job of Goldi- finding that Goldilocks points of making it cinematic, so cinematic, yeah. striking compositions, but still yeah. feel like what you would see and how it would feel if you were standing there with your own body. You know, which is what right. um, makes it part. I think what helps makes it connect so much. You know, yeah. because it 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 feels it it not it it just feels real in yeah. a way uh, that right. well. Also, I think
1: it it's cuts deep, man. Feels, <laughs> the, the look is really real. But you it like the first hour of it, it does such an incredible job of setting up like all the char- like you 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 feel like. You know these people. You, you, the yeah. inner circle at the wedding, you get, like, all the, the inner circles of all of the characters, the relationships with all of the main characters, and you also get a great sense of the place. Like, you get where they're from, you get what these guys are all about, you get how simple their lives are, but also how complicated their lives are at the same time, you know? Yeah, how, right, right. Um, you know, it sets up greatly, you know, like and Nick... Are in love with the same woman playing like Lerol Street, this is, you know, Lerol um, Street. Uh, this is crazy to see, you know, uh, early Lerol Street yeah. performance. Um, and uh, she is just she's del- she's beautiful. Like, she's a beautiful woman when she's young. I don't know how old she was when,
0: when she did this, but, um, um, it's A quick quick side note. That's I want to get back to what you're talking about, but I just wanted to bring this up because this shocked me when I learned this. But did you know that why she was on that film? Like, Because she was on there for her dying husband? Whoa. whoa. Do you know about that? Whoa. So the guy, th- you know, that, that character part, you know, the dude, I can't oh, fucking God, remember his God,
1: name. Uh, God. Godfather
0: or the... Yeah, 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 oh, the sidewall guy married? who's fucking great. They were married. Not only were they married, dude, yeah. he was dying of, like, Cancer at the time, lung cancer, yeah. and Meryl Streep decided to join the film so she could be with him on his last days because the dude was like, "I got to do this movie," and she was like, "I'm going to be here," and she never got remarried. I never knew that. that Laurel. Oh. No, that this man is the only man to to have married okay. Meryl Streep. I talk, had no idea.
1: Talk about that guy. Rest in peace, John Kamale, I think that's his name. Yeah, I think that's right. Rest in peace to that motherfucker. Dude, one of the greatest runs. He was in The Godfather, he was in this, he was in The Godfather 2, and he was also in one of my favorite movies of all time called God Day Afternoon starring uh, Al Pacino and him. He was one of the most, like, I remember that's the first time I saw him, and I was like, he's one of those actors that is just instantly, like, holy holy who the fuck is this guy um, yeah yeah that's a that's a that's a big loss man he's a so many iconic films. he's only a working actor for you know 15 years and has had a had a career that most actors fucking dream of having you know? i know it's, yeah he, he had a incredible
0: actor. I think he might have the statistic that he was only in like that handful of films, but every single one got nominated or won an yeah, Oscar. Like every single one he was like, yeah. he was, like a magic he's ingredient. Great
1: in. Like who's fucking great?
0: He's really one of those magic actor. characters who's who's amazing as like this side character who always right. makes an impression and kind of also shows how there's that kind of magic to uh, camera acting where, mm-hmm. like, he's not a conventionally attractive dude. No, he doesn't. No. He doesn't come guy. off as being like like this charismatic hero, but he is so gripping whenever he's you stabbed, watch him. Right? On the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which he's such an interesting fucking character yeah. in this movie. I like um, his, so his yeah.
1: relation to, um, you know, who well back of war is kind of a different kind of. you know, and I think that he played that really well, where it was like there was some kind of transformation in
0: between, you know, Mike's leaving and, and return. Um, yeah, but he, but also doing it in that non non-advert way, which is so yeah, interesting exactly, about the yeah, second half right. of the that film. That's that the whole yeah. last third of the film is crazy because there's so much emotions going on, and none of the characters are able to speak them. Mm, like none yeah. of the characters are emotionally mature enough or right. have learned how to articulate how they're feeling. Yeah, right. But you feel how they're feeling so
1: vividly. Unbelievably,
0: that's um, most of the feelings that we have are feelings like exactly.
1: that. The, the feelings that, yeah, you can't articulate. And feelings that you can't articulate for many reasons, you know. Um, I just think of, like, in, in terms of that, I like just think of, like, when he goes and he learns that Steven is alive and he goes yeah. to visit his wife or or his, yeah, I think his wife, Angela. I mean, that scene yeah. like... I mean, she's, like, completely just couldn't yeah. speak just to Catatonia. write it down, just to write it down where he is, um, yeah. which is, uh, you know, I could, that scene is so, I mean, it's so jarring, like, wh- why is she, like, what is, but you, I mean, you start thinking about it, it's just so it's so sad, and then you know, you learn that she's been sending him socks, you know. Ugh, and, yeah, and it's Jesus, just like, dude. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like I—that's I, a really good way to put it. It's like the way that these characters interact with each other is really, and it's so accurate to. Also, I just found the. The the I the, almost like the themes of like masculinity masculinity in this movie where mm-hmm. it was like that's kind of part of it where these characters can't really speak to one another, but you know when this movie works really well when one of the characters like when Nick ultimately dies and they're at after the funeral and they're at the bar and Steve or uh, John just starts crying in the kitchen and you yeah. just, you, sure. you just feel it so hard, because it's like these characters, you know, especially in the late 70s, and also where they are, they're men. They're fucking men, men. You know, they're fucking working-class blue-collar dudes. And the way that they bottle up emotions and how like is kind of the embodiment of that, you know, where he's clearly just trying to... And then ultimately, when, you know, the climate, you know, when he tries to find Nick, and the, that that pouring of emotion from him is way more impactful, because you just know that character so well, and you know that yeah, it's it's killing him inside to even show this emotion to, to people, you know? Um, yeah. And it's uh, it's it's just, like, a beautiful portrait of a masculine... But I also love that it's, like, portraying men in a way that, especially during this time, that is, like, very sympathetic to that experience but also like very like almost like kind of being like almost i don't I'm maybe like not making fun of or or kind of um like really nailing down they talk about you know when they're at the bar and they say some really off kilker and just like weird things right. and it's just like I think that that was really impactful the second that it, as, as these guys are kind of these stereotypical womanizing kind of dudes yeah dude, yeah yeah, these, yeah you know blue collar guys but when they go through these experiences and they ultimately you know find it in their, in their family in their friends and their family at home and they are are, are good hearted men you know and it's almost like this experience, they find their humanity instead of you know putting a guard up. You know, it's great. Right, right, well, right, you. right.
0: Yeah, one. I, it makes me kind of want to examine the genius of uh Mike's character, the hero character that he plays in yeah. this, because it makes me. It's, it's kind of funny, but it makes me think of comparing like Predator and this film. I love Predator. That's a really fun fucking movie, right? Oh. But Predator is like the example of what we, the fantasy that we imagine commandos and combat to be like. Yeah. You know, invincible tank that can only be taken down by superpowered. Americans can only be killed by aliens from another planet. And then we eventually still win, right? That kind of idea. And Arnold Schwarzenegger is not, you know, he can barrel juggernaut through anything, yeah. right? The difference... Extreme difference to Mike's situation. Still... Both heroes. Both kind of pretty inspiring. But the thing that fucks you up about Mike, for me, is that Mike has that insecurity and that vulnerability and that intense fear. You Mm -hmm. know, he has all of the emotions. And he does all of that heroic shit anyways. You know? That's the type of shit that, like, makes you start to cry, you know, about that. It's like, that dude because of his loyalty to his friends, you know, not even to his country, just because like I love these men who are right. with me. Exactly. I love my right. friends right. and I will do anything despite how scared or how horrible right. I am to try to save them, you right. know? Which is which is the idea that uh, the element of like self-sacrifice mm-hmm. against your own internal adversary yeah. is 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 crazy. Is crazy. And I I think that that's a really just a really compelling thing about mike's character where he has all of these internal emotions that he struggles with but still you know finds a way to press on how to still live life throughout all of that it's like you know the the fucking centerpiece of what inspiration is built on you know like that's it that's (laughs) like what is so amazing about these people who went
1: to war you know that's why we have we still have war films made every year. There's at least one or two war films made because it's, like, these people, it's really, like, it's about telling stories about these, like, extraordinary people that, um, led to a situation that the majority of Americans could not even fathom, uh, experiencing anything like it. Um, and it's just a really compelling, really, really compelling human story. Uh, right, uh,
0: like, and another uh, yeah. uh, another another factor, which I'm not disagreeing with what you just said, but um, like Mike had a factor of resilience that seemed to make him more capable than the, his other two friends who went in. But the other thing that sure, I think yeah. is significant about the message in this film is how Mike is still just a normal dude, like right. he's not a special right. superhero yeah. like Schwarzenegger in Predator. He's not a superhero. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: the, Predator, <laughs> the Predator thing
0: yeah. is funny. His Predator
1: is going for I mean, there's part that movie is like going for absurdity. A well, goofy. It's not a it's
0: not a criticism of Predator. Yeah. I love
1: yeah, the take I, and the yeah, decision I that get,
0: Predator I get you It's like
1: it's yeah. like the it's just funny comparison because they're just going for completely different things. But,
0: but but if you look at the definition of what they are, it's like they're both still soldiers. You yeah, know? they're They're soldiers, both soldiers' yeah. characters right. that you could group into the same archetype, right. but they're obviously not the same type of character. Right. They're just completely say, different to, take. To make that argument a little more
1: interesting is that Predator was made in 1985. And when you think about mm. this is like... Deer Hunter was made like the Vietnam War ended in like nineteen seventy three or seventy two. And so there is still a lot of like listen, like Predator wouldn't have come out in nineteen seventy five, you know, like it's just right, it's, right, it's, right. <laughs> like that that anything involving war or soldiers or guns or anything like that was just like that's too hot, but little topic you know to, to bring up and to like yeah, absolutely, but in the eighties, you know, uh, you know, if you, you, know do your, you know you know like you do, you know, the Hollywood research the eighties became, it was a, you know very like um they, one of the problems with the eighties is that they, they did not the the audiences almost like wanted you know. To not go that deep You know it's just like Wanted And they're just fed You know Big commercial Top Gun and, you know, Look at Top Gun I mean Top Gun At the end of the day Is a movie about People that go to war but, Yeah like, you Absolutely know, There's no Even you know, with Goose guys, Even with Goose guys In Top Gun It's like He gets angry It's fine It's right, really right Right But it's like you know, They're not They're purposely Not going as deep as they could because that would be upsetting. We don't want we do people to be upset in our movie, you know? But the Gearhunter Hunter is I, I, way more concerned with telling a deeply like human a human story about well, I think I think an,
0: a, a... Another factor of that is maybe even rather than like there's a certain amount of decisions to not, you know, go too deep, but with as a culture there's that factor of forgetting that it actually exactly, does right, go exactly back right. to deep. Then that's kind of the point of the comparison I'm trying to make yeah. is that we watch this and we think, Oh, we're watching Predator, this is war and then you watch the <laughs> Deer Hunter for me. It's like, no, this is war. That's not a, war. A better, that's a movie.
1: I literally mean, started now giving called We are We Are Soldiers Which is yeah. like kind of um a, a generic Hollywood war film that is like attempting to do what this movie is doing but is like completely that it just it just doesn't even get to the, the heights of of what this film is because it's almost like mm. checking the boxes of almost like, you know, the the stereotypes and the cliches of the of the war Film, um, and I was expecting honestly to like watch this thing it came out so long ago to have the cliches, kind of work, Like, I was really stunned at how still like unique and fresh perspective that this movie has, like all these years later, yeah, yeah. Um, which is really fascinating because you would think, like, the amount of workhubs I've seen and like the amount of workhubs that are made, like, you would think, like. Someone had maybe like trying to recreate. the... And there are like, you know, a lot of quote unquote, like, um, movies about, you know, soldiers experiencing, you know, PTSD and, and war and, and, and you know, stuff like that. But this movie, like, just the perspective of this movie has is still unique and it still feels fresh and, and like, uh, still very, like, um, we're to, to like right. striking, you know?
0: Well, I think one of the reasons probably for that is for like what we're what we're talking about is the, the emotional complexity yeah, of the I, underlying yeah. because okay. it's, like, it's, it's, it, it's, it's, it's like you can do it. Yeah. You can you can take advantage of like a a trend of a spectacle if like war movies yeah, are right, trending. Right. But there's something like that seems infinitely valuable about this examination of the human right. spirit and human emotion right. in this. Because I completely agree with you where it just it's it just it just feels like something I've never seen before, but mm-hmm. also something so universal totally, connectable.
1: Yeah, there are good work before the girl Hunter, obviously that um, are <laughs> incredibly there's a well, lot. Um, but they're that are incredibly all always like this is effective and like, I find the key work uh, war film passive of, of, of Glory Unbelievably Yeah I really and beautiful. That. And I then also Kubrick, the coot the, 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 the work He made a non-war movie called Full Little Jacket, Oh yeah right uh, which, that's, a, that's another film that is Really really interesting Because it's, it's almost like Heightened in a, in a really fascinating way I know when like Full Little Jacket came out there was like a lot of criticism towards it because of that, because it was like almost like um I think Kubrick is part of that movie that is like, um you know, Kubrick is a genius and I think what he tried to do with that is like heighten these like Vietnam like the 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 the, the mental turmoil that some of these soldiers were going through to like an like almost like a horror movie level yeah, of like yes. and that's what made that movie work really well like really effective but I know like my grandfather for example like who was in Vietnam who I've asked for like what he thinks the best Vietnam war movies are and he never has like told me what the definitive one I think he said like I think he liked Platoon but yeah, yeah which makes sense But but I think he um Really didn't like for Little Jacket because it was so, um, you know, just like not close to his experience, you know. But I think. Interesting. Which is interesting, but to the point of like, you know, that's someone that was in me. Yeah, they're going to have a way different perspective from it's also, people who are not, you know. It's, but also, it's also. I don't think that's important about a, about a movie. I think you can get the same. Feeling. I mean, the, the idea behind some of this, the decisions that Kubrick is making with Full Metal Jacket are like, he's purposely trying to like, really, like, make you understand this emotion, you know, and like heightening it in a way that is like, really, it's not like he's trying to, yeah. he, he never, I don't think he's ever come out and been, like, yeah, this is exactly You know, it's like, he wasn't trying to make a movie that was, like, 100% factually correct and 100%. But what he was doing was he wanted to express the feelings that he had, but also others had on the Vietnam War in a a really interesting film, a piece of art. You know, it's not like the Gear Hunter that is, which is another great piece of art, but it's very... It was like a clue there I all right I'm going to really try to tell a real realistic human experience of what, what these people must have gone through and what must have been like, you know right 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 well yeah, right, I was a do more research about it i don't know this is written by i don't know if it was written by someone who had gone to Vietnam and had these experiences well or, th- that's the, that's
0: that's the other really fascinating thing about this conversation because. If you think about it from a completely logical, I guess, logical, rational perspective, the only way you could possibly do something like the deer hunter is if you write from your experiences. right but i think the reality is that that was not the writer situation the Mm -hmm. what what the writers the writers did have you know which is completely new was the the vietnam war being televised from my research so that was one of the things that the writers had a direct connection through the screen of these these human experiences so it's 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 interesting how even if you weren't there, you can still get a hyper realistic which again well, yeah, I don't know there's been a lot of, you
1: know, there's a, I don't you know, that's part of the two, you know, all the stuff's going on and then also made another movie called Born on the Fourth of July with Concrete is another like, really powerful movie, but that's part of that movie too. It's like uh the, the you know, the, the you know, the the war being televised and, and the fact that what that had on uh, the, the, the people also, like, all, you know, that weren't in the war, you know, they were getting, it was the first time they were getting, like, these real images and these real, like, um, things that were happening in real time, you know, which was like, you know, they weren't able to do that in World War II, you know? Right, um, right, right. If your husband was in war, the World War II, you most likely
0: to really know what was going on, you know. But in right. Vietnam, like we had a lot of footage, you know. Right, right. Which makes, yeah, which makes it writing about it a completely different experience. Yeah. And it, and also, it also makes me think about, um, you know how I kind of feel like that 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 f- film uh, and movie makings are sort of like an inherently biased format in a way and oh, i don't mean sure, that yeah. as in, in in a flawed way about it it's it's a good thing that they're biased they're, yeah. they're pushing one way or another because they're usually driven by the interpretation of one oh, person, a person yeah. so or a bulk so of the people. point of the point of that is that for me i don't think it's the job of film to do what history is supposed to be doing right. which is recording events as yeah. they happen I mean, I which I you can a movie, right? like mm.
1: uh, i want to i want to see a perspective you know, like, right. I mean, that's, you know, you know, war film came out, it's just kind of war film, but Oppenheimer, it's like, Nolan has a perspective on Oppenheimer and the perspective of nuclear war. And I'm right. glad that he put it in the movie. It'd be kind of boring if he was just like, here's the why would I want to go see a movie that has no perspective? what i what the wikipedia pages right there you know like i just get the right. information well, well you know? right
0: well even 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 something like a book you know like actual history or yeah, documentary. Yeah. even something like well, that has a bias exactly. or perspective like, i understand i understand what you're saying it. for sure yeah even like um, journalism look like,
1: has a, a perspective of who's writing it and who's you know like
0: but just like facts you know it's kind of right. That's what, that, well, that's the thing. That's the thing I think about movies that I don't. I don't think unless it's your specific creative intention to do so that movies be bound strongly by facts. Yeah, because right. a lot of times. Um, you see a lot of movies get hindered because they're trying to make things right. look a specific kind of realistic or whatever mm-hmm. it is where you might be able to serve the story or the emotional purpose of what you're trying yeah, to do right. better when you, when you bend it in a certain exactly, type of yeah, way right. which I think the deer hunter probably takes a lot of liberties like that For and sure. that was the point you're making with yeah. Full Metal Jacket yeah. it's like this isn't a depiction of factual reality. Yeah, right. That's not the goal yeah. of what of what the movie's trying to do. And there's a lot I think there's a lot of interesting conversations you could have about like is that valuable? Is that yeah. damaging? Yeah, like you right. can make arguments right. that a lot of speculative glorified war movies are damaging in a way right. for numerous kinds of reasons. Right. And you have numerous other arguments of why they're not. So mm. that's a that's a it's an interesting hot topic com- uh, point with like a movie like this. Um, but yeah. I think my, ass- my assessment for a movie like this is I really appreciate the perspective brought with this movie to right. tell this really human down to earth story, because I think it's, it's needed for society yeah. to hear something yeah, like yeah. that or needed for a person like me to right. experience something like that. I, it was really, it's, it's important to me. I think it's really meaningful.
1: Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, I mean, I think, yeah, I, mean, I think like this is a, uh, you know, I mean, It's not a documentary. If you want Mm -hmm. the facts and you want, you know, like watch a documentary or, or or, you know, read a book, you know, or or try to get, (laughs) you know, like more. But a film is like. What makes this film, like, even what I said earlier, so interesting is like, you can't call this movie pro war and you really can't call it anti war either. And I think that there's. I think that that's exactly where this movie should have been. I think if this movie leagued some other way and it was kind of like but I just love that it focused on these characters and their experience in this with with each other and, and with this situation that they were that they were given and the situation and how they reacted to the situation you know instead of yeah. like you know it's interesting the characters weren't to really talking about the war in this movie yeah yeah, that's actually really fucking fascinating that they never had a conversation in this movie about the war like why are they going to war what they think of the war i think right. that that's fucking insanely interesting um, but i can totally you know i'm sure there are people in the 70s that are like what the fuck like what you know they're not going to discuss at all the moralities of this of the war that the, that they were going to or anything. Right. But that's not the point of it. These k char- like these characters why would they think that? All right, they know, right. you know, is that they were drafted, or whatever. I don't even I think they were drafted, I think some of them were drafted, and then some of them enlisted, I think. I think they enlisted. Um but they just saw it as, like, their obligation to the country, you know? And I'm sure there are a lot of young men, especially working-class blue-collar men in the 70s, in the early 70s, late 60s, that were, that felt that way. I think they never were, you know? Right. So it's like, I think it's a perfect interpretation of those characters. I I think it'd be weird if those characters... I agree. ...you know, have some kind of
0: moral qualms with it, you know? Yeah, kind of... And kind of even spinning that a little bit more, it makes me think about how, like, the reality of like discussing your opinions mm-hmm. of things like that is sort of an intellectual thing that yeah. wouldn't be skills that these lower class people would yeah, even course. have. Yeah, I you mean, know? Like, but also it, like it's uh, yeah, but also
1: they uh um, the, the way that this is structured, also, there's not even really time to even have that, it's also they already made the decision as this movie starting. It's like, it's looming that they're going, you know, and so it's, yeah. like, it's like, they've already made the decision. We don't really quite know why. I mean, we know that, like, through some little dialogue, especially with the wedding and stuff like that, but it's like, that they feel the need to do it, you know, and also, we didn't really mention, like, the deer hunter, like, aspect of this, where, like, you know, even, like, Mike's character, De him being a deer hunter, well, they're all deer hunters, but him killing that deer, the
0: deer, he's the deer hunter, yeah, he's the
1: deer hunter, but him killing the deer, and there's this really ominous, like, close-up, of the deer just dying, like there's all there's I don't know there's some underlying subtextual things going on about like you know and, you know who, yeah, dog. the way that he got out of the Russian roulette situation pretty intense, um yeah, definitely you know a violent fervor within this guy, you know, yeah, but it's not necessarily making this uh um, grand statement on that, right? Um, it's it's just part of his character. Um, yeah, which is really interesting. It's another like, subtextual thing going on in the, in the film, you know?
0: Yeah. So it's kind of thinking about that, but backing up to what you're saying before, but connecting to that point is um, a, a, the super heartbreaking element of this film to me. Maybe the most heartbreaking element is how these characters in the beginning are these pretty conventional people who are yeah. happy with their lives they're happy like following the path yeah. that society has laid out for them they're yeah. pretty they're cool with that they're like yeah I'll grow up get a job get married do this stuff and right. that's fulfilling and meaningful to them and it's heartbreaking <laughs> get drunk you know and for a lot of people they that's like up. something you want to escape and for a lot a lot of artist type people a lot of people telling movies it's just like why would you want that all mm-hmm. you'd want yeah. is to escape convention so they insert right. themselves and as a k- person trying to escape this hell yeah. to get to a better, you know, ascend to a better place. Right. But this movie doesn't have a character like that mm-hmm. that wants to escape this life. This movie is about the conventional person who's happy entering into a terrifying hell, which then breaks convention for them. Right. They can never enter back into this happy world that yeah, they're
1: there's in. A great because line, there's a great line when girl comes back and he goes to, um, uh, Meryl Streep's, you know, her house, well, his house, but he walks yeah. in, well, first of all, he doesn't show up for the party, so I thought it was a great yeah, decision. A gr- and then he come, comes back, and then he is super uncomfortable in yeah. the house, and he has a line where he goes, I just feel like I'm far away. Yeah, God, dude, yeah, Jesus. This is a really great line, you know, and it's like it's uh, yeah. It was like exactly what you were saying. You know, they feel like that. Yeah, perfect. Perfect example. They, they feel like that they don't belong there anymore. It's very strange. Right. You know? and, uh, yeah.
0: Right. And and so kind of on. Well, also like, look at Nick's character. I mean, look at what happens to Nick, You know, like yeah, Nick he is, he never comes he back. Never comes yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that you know that 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 point is also solidified by you know Nick before going to war he's asking he begs Mike to not leave him in Vietnam like even if I die right. bring my body back right. please you know right. and the transformation he has where he himself by his own volition chooses not to go back right. after admitting that this is like this is the place I love this right. is what I this is what I love yeah. and he can't go back to it it's like oh fuck dude but yeah. like with the how that I how that kind of got me why the deer got me thinking about that um and that that deer imagery which is is one of those things in a movie that it's like damn this has to be in here but it's hard to pinpoint why right. because but like but, it, but one of the things that, that calls back like he
1: absolutely right right there's this um, something changes within him that he You know, what I love about that character, too, is like, it's also textual. And it's like, it's just how it is. Like, that's how it is, you know? Yeah. It's just like, uh, I just love how it was, it's it's so hard to do what this movie does, because it's like, you want your characters, you want the emotion of a character like Mike in that moment, you want to translate to the audience that he's feeling traumatized. Like, you can't kill something. Like, he just feels yeah. traumatized. You can't, you know, you just can't do it. Even, like, this animal that he's... He has a deer hanging up in his fucking... I'm pretty sure his house or somewhere when he looks at it and just can't even... He looks away from it. He has, like, a shame of the deer head on the wall, you know? Yeah. Um, And then he ultimately can't shoot the deer. And it's like, so subtextually, you want translate to the audience that he can't you know his trial can't kill anything right but without him saying that or you know it's like it's that's fucking it's hard and that's what this whole movie is like there's never a moment where the characters are like you know this is how I feel you know it's like it's just all through what the performances are fucking insanity they're so good and that, right. you know, and that's, you know, that was a gift that was given to the, to the director and, and the yeah. writer and everybody who worked on the film because Guerrero is is, you know, to say that he's good in this movie is fucking stupid. It's an understatement. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But he's a, gen, you know, he's a generational talent. You only get one of those, you know, every few decades, you know. So how they have in this movie have been able to translate these really complex layered emotions just through a look. I mean just the conversation he has with Angelo is just like fucking there's so much running through his eyes and so much running through yeah. his performance that it's just like you don't he doesn't need to say anything. You know? You poke a poke a chair at him. You know? Like I mean, Yeah. And that's uh that's what that's when you get real magic in cinema and when, when you can just performance and just uh no dialogue very little dialogue and you never you know it's all through cinema and, and, right you know it's, it's really powerful you can get something like that
0: obviously right you know? right right and it, it's it 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 one of the things about it that makes it so because, like, when he comes back, it's almost like this feeling that he has secret knowledge that this world that he returns yeah. to doesn't have anymore. Wow. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And how do you get it to make it feel like he has that secret knowledge without him saying, "I have secret yeah, knowledge yeah, that yeah, you would yeah, never yeah. understand," which is what most people opt to do because well, they don't trust
1: just, all that it will communicate. You look like a the bowling alley. You know, there's just something underneath. You know, right? Like it's just, you know like. Well, you know, think, Stan comes up and he's like, hey, are you all right, man? And Lance is like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you know, it's just like, it's just,
0: but it's so, it's just perfectly played. I mean, good Lord. I mean, it like, it so good. Another, I think another laughter. element to it that, that goes guy, to, good. Yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, but another thing I think that's actually goes, that De Niro... Is leveraging and goes a really long way is that he knows how, with this kind of storytelling, with movie storytelling or linear storytelling like this, how the context of like stuff you know, putting things images next to each other that you sometimes need to remove like emotional implications in yeah. your facial expressions. Yeah, right. Not by saying putting a blank expression, but De Niro's yeah. like excellent. At at that layer of ambiguity with intention, yeah. but doesn't reveal too much about uh-huh. how he feels one way or another. Well, so then, yeah, kind of I mean, what you're you talking about, at, like the universe is behind his eyes, you look like at, with, yeah, with, you with look meaning. At, you know,
1: his performance of Cactus Hour, it's almost like the, the pinnacle of that, right? Where it's like this um, almost like all successful performance, you know, where it's like this truly like, the universe, you can see everything through that man's eyes, and, and like, he's in almost every single frame of that movie, and just, you know, there's, you know, actors, you know, I love movies, I love actors, and I love performers, and, like, someone like him, there's a reason that, like, you know, he, he, you know, actors in our generation, even the generation before, look up to this guy yeah one of the greatest screen actors ever and he just understood what you're just talking about it's like how to play to the camera and also working with the director who knows exactly what he needs and what he wants and when you get that it's just like magic and it's just like yeah
0: you know. It feels it feels to me when I'm watching De Niro that ra- you, rather than almost having the perfect expression for every situation it's like he knows how to open that secret door where you can just have access to his insides, right, you right. know, and he just knows how to, how to do that in a well, certain way yeah. where <laughs> it's <laughs> like, we can just see it where, which is a hard, like, how do you teach someone how to do that? Because yeah. you can tell when you're watching inexperienced actors that it's like, it's too self-conscious, too vulnerable. It's too exterior, but Robert De Niro is like, I'm going to be, just be this person and just let you see yeah, it. it just unopen open the veil. It's you can just be here with I me, man. It's hard.
1: I'm not an actor. Yeah, crazy. I, it's really hard. and I just, I am in awe you know, of people like that, obviously. I'm in awe of um, real, you know, great actors like that that are just able to, you know, tell so much without, without saying anything or do anything, you know. And a lot of this performance is like hindering on that, you know. It, a lot of it doesn't translate. A lot of the
0: a lot of it won't work, you know. Yeah, the idea of of it not working is because that's the excellent sort of quietness of that. Exactly. I think has yeah, that right. is because right. is because right. of being able to execute like, that very complicated like, you, thing. You
1: couldn't have an actor like that, and you know, say you're shooting it all the day, and we're like, we're not getting it. we are like, fuck, we're not getting it. We're running out of time. Yeah, we really got. Five minutes of film left, you really do, a couple takes left. Hey, how about say this? You know? Yeah. Or try to say something like that. Just try to make the scene work. You know? Um, but with him, like, we got it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. You know? And you hear that great stories with directors, like iconic scenes with actors and stuff like that, where like the director, you know, you know, it's like, hey, here's the, what you gotta be feeling. Here's the context, and we're gonna suit it this way, and here's the mark, and, you know, and fucking go! And yeah. the actor just, like, has to do it. Has to pull it out, and when they do it, you automatically know that you got it, you know? And yeah. then you hear great or- stories where it's like, they were wrong on the day. The actor thought that he was totally right. You know, he's like, yeah. I played yeah, that yeah. perfectly. And then they edit it into the movie, and then the actor watches it and goes, fuck. And then they go reshoot it.
0: You know, there's great yeah. stories like that also. Um, right. And I feel like another element to this film that um, is true for all films, but I feel like especially for the style of this film, is just the the incredible risk that you might have to rely on, where it's like, you yeah. might... you. I bet there's a certain sense, especially of actors, of, of this caliber of performance and, and right. directing where you have a sense that you, you know when you're in the right lane. But to a certain degree, there's just a certain amount of trust that you have to put into it. It's like, well, yeah. I think we'll find something in that. I'm not sure which one it was or if we will find anything in that, but I think so. Really? I, I hope th- it comes together. I just had a thought. Like, <laughs> this feels like the first movie. I mean, I don't know.
1: I, I would wonder. It feels like this movie is really inspired by The Godfather in a way of, well, mm-hmm. first of all, a- casting two actors from The, from the mm-hmm. Godfather, but also right. like, just the way, because The Godfather, one of the reasons that made that film so impactful when it came out is the type of actor that is in that movie. It was, like, it was right. very, you know, this was, this was early 70s when The Godfather came out. It wasn't you know into the 70s it was early like the fucking you know the the haze code was lifted like two years before the movie came out oh geez that's interesting you know had this like it was starting to get to this to that point that subtle with like al pacino and james Connor, you know all you know the gallery of fucking insanely good actors that are in you know, the Godfather series that went on to be, you know, some of the biggest and greatest actors of their generation, you know? Right. But it's funny because like that movie clearly had such an impact that it was like, okay, we could kind of try to, we have these actors that could even do this, you know? Because like in the 50s, or even in the like, early 50s, we're like someone like, doing like, subtle acting like this wasn't even like a thought. It was like, right. this is just, sure, there's examples, you know, there's examples of, of times where filmmakers, are you know, try to do that, but I think when realism and, and you know, stuff like that is just like, because of the Godfather you know, and its success, I feel like filmmakers are probably more willing to be like, okay, we could like try to like really ground it, you know, in a, in a way and like really get these actors to, yeah you know, i wonder yeah i wonder if you're on to
0: i wonder if you're onto to something from like a historical perspective because there's also that element i feel like of the this this, this saga element a saga epic structure totally, of like these yeah. these, these well, events that was, happening that, was
1: that it are too, very right? character driven it's like it, yeah, also like that, but also like this movie is three hours and it does uh-huh. like an epic of something, but it doesn't at the same time it's so yeah, right. quiet and like nuanced and like
0: uh, which is what's really you know really that's fascinating. Th- Th- that is Different really time. interesting because <laughs> this because the deer hunter really almost feels like just a moment to me yeah, after right. like reflecting on it. It right. feels it's so grand, but it feels so small yeah. too in a totally. good way though. Not in like it, it minimizes and feels less significant. But yeah. that's that's really true. It's just I, like a snippet. I think before we end, we
1: already we t- for like an hour. Or 10 or anything, yeah. We haven't really talked about like we talked about a few, bit, like specific, like scenes that like really yeah. grab you um i guess i'll go first like one that like i really one moment that like reminded me of like lorcha Arabia and like kind of like these uh um, I... this like g- genius editing the i know what you're gonna say where yeah. uh when they go to um so they just got back from their head and they go to the bar and i think it's john starts playing on the piano And he starts playing this really beautiful classical tune. And all these masculine, they just got back from killing a fucking deer, okay? And they're hammered. And they get back, and he plays this music. And there's a sense of calm. And the sense of them looking at and hearing this music. And and in that moment, I'm assuming that they're thinking that they're about to to go to war. You know, they're about to, to head off to Vietnam. And it just cuts to the, to the bombings. I was like, that's like Lord's Miranda level, you know, like the match, you know, like that shit. Like, there's editing choices that are just like, genius. Oh, like, you just, yeah. like, just a cut. That's like cinema in its purest motherfucking form. I agree, man. Like just a I fucking agree, man. cut. Just fucking. Like, like, bam. like right in the
0: fucking, like, chest. Like, fuck. Yes. Yeah, yeah, space, space, space odyssey, boned spaceship space type yeah, of shit. Totally, yeah, totally. Yeah, dog. Too, I was like, that is cinema. That moment right there. I was like, fuck.
1: You cinema in its purest form. Just fucking. All you gotta do, man, is to
0: cut. I, to cut. I, I, to cut. I, I love. I I love that that moment with the music was um, so surprising to me. Just in that scene before, I didn't expect it to cut like that. that. But that moment in itself was crazy to me because that character... I guess his name's John the guy who plays the piano. I think so, the bigger uh, guy. Yeah, the bigger yeah, he was yeah. A, he was really interesting cuz he seemed like he might have been supposed to be older, a little bit more mm. mature. Yeah. He kind of had an he he knew maybe a capacity right. about what was coming. Right. He had he seemed to have a bit of an understanding, a bigger understanding of the world than what yeah. everyone else did. Right. But and so it's we interesting he's loved being French. plural play the, piano in the first place. You know, like the Right. Others, yeah. And it's like it was really touching how he did that and then all of his friends who like respect him responded yeah. to that and kind well, of got a bit of an emotional moment that they might not have been able to get totally. without his help like that right. which is like whoa
1: but also it's, whoa. it's, it's it really works too, it's right after this pretty intense conversation the conversation that like and stan have or stan yeah after his boots and like is like no yeah. And so I was like, what the fuck, dude? Like, and it's it, it, that's a really interesting moment because it's like, Joe's like life in that moment is like almost trying to, like, grow up in a way or trying to um, be, more of, be more of himself and be more of assertive in that moment, um, which is really interesting. It's just a really great, like, add more tension between the characters and, and kind of their the dynamics, it's not all fucking right. <laughs> rainbows and flowers, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, right. There's some, you know, like, you know, man, you know, there's some, there's some tension there, you know, um, right. Some of um, pretty...
0: so the next scene that that kind of makes me think of is then the scene where Mike Russian roulette wow, stand yeah. in oh, the fucking face, it, yeah, um, uh... w- which connects to a couple other scenes where, the wild phenomenon after the Russian roulette scene, which this, I think that this is pretty accurate to what might happen with people. I don't know. I'm not, a professional <laughs> in these realms, but like the phenomenon of after they have this roulette experience, it's like Mike and Nick keep returning to the roulette table. Like after Nick gets out and he goes into that yeah. and he sees Mike there, not yeah. he never seen. That's the first time right. that he's seen Mike. He didn't know where he was, well, and he just happens to be there. I'll mean, uh, about it. Think about the fucking, I don't think
1: the, the adrenaline of that is. Probably, I mean, I don't know if it could be maxed. I mean, like, you put a gun in your head, and I mean, there's no higher stakes than that. Right. And then to, like, win, because they keep saying, we're going to win, we're going to get out of this, we're going to win, we're going to win, we're going to win. Like, even in that Vietnam suit, you know, what we were going to talk about, that Vietnam suit once, there is, like, a the way that life is, like, hyping itself it's like a
0: game to him. Like, yeah. he's, like, you know, it's, well, like, the
1: adrenaline of well, that. Oh, my God, dude. I could well,
0: I, I feel like my perspective of it is that it was less... It was more like that experience was so intense that it damaged their ability to connect with anything that wasn't as intense yeah. as that anymore. I think
1: it's, I think it's also that... Well, I think that's, that's part of the the addiction almost element too, right? Where you're right. Like, you're I, yeah, I agree with the addiction element same, for sure. That same thing, right? about it, like you, that's the highest adrenaline that you can possibly feel. What else is going to make you feel that way?
0: That right? You well, know? I think it's I think the that big same feeling, you know I think the distinction is about saying that it's not for like it's not like an adrenaline. It is a junkie sensation, but it's not like pleasure-seeking it's not like a hedonistic aspect because like, about, because I mean, it's so traumatizing to them yeah you know? i mean totally i mean it's, yeah it's not yeah it's not like they're seeking it for uh um,
1: pleasure because it's they're bored like because or something your yeah your adrenaline glands are so spiked to, to the point where like you need almost something like that to like to like i don't know like to to satisfying, you know, your, you know, like, your dopamine, you know, or, or something. But also, the trauma and something like that, we can't even, like, we can't even imagine something like that, you know? Yeah, I going know, I know. Like that. But I, you're right, that is a fascinating um, part of this movie that is, like, up for, you know, discussion and debate, and, like, kind of, right. like, why they're even, why they're even going back to this, like, I mean, what? Do they have a death wish? I don't know if they have a right. death wish, but it's like, I don't know. It's, it's I wonder if that was, I'm sure that that was based in some reality, but I would love to know if that was, if there if there were actual cases of people going back and back and back and like, you know, rushing with right. up. Places, you know, like that's crazy i mean you but.
0: hear that about like you know prison too like once you get in yes. prison for so long, long year, you yeah. can't leave it anymore right. like you're bronson. just stuck in prison yeah right well yeah. and that so that that name? really is charles bronson right yeah name. charles yeah by, charles bronson yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. just um I but yeah real that, name, but um. Yeah, I can't remember either. Maybe that—that that might be his real name. Actually, that might be Maybe, his I, Christian I'm name. Weird, <laughs> that I think that he went by that because Charles Brooks is gotcha. an actor, so I think he went just like absolutely actor. Oh, wait. I think, he, oh, like, wait, death, I think he, uh, you might be right. I think you might so be I think right. He was, like, yeah. Put it all. Yeah, but but it's something. It's it's a phenomenon like that which I thought was really interesting about yeah. how these people keep returning to it you know like this terrible looping yeah. nightmare that they keep returning to that they don't want to but they you know whether it's for that because they don't, I guess they don't really get into that emotional territory is it because they like it secretly and that's like scary to them is yeah. it because they don't know how to escape or live in any other way but keep returning it to that so but that that But scene also, where he that in, also there's also lot of dogs there's also a lot of but like Nick's not and, doing it for the money, you but know. Nick He's obviously not doing, it, not for doing it
1: for the money. Definitely not. At the, at the end there, but, um, like, you know,
0: when he saw him there, he was kind of like, "Well, I've done this before." <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. Yeah. That's kind of. I- Actually, that is kind of an interesting thing about that because Nick, you see his sort of destabilized emotional. He's a little bit more clear of where his mental yeah, state is at. It's like <laughs> yeah. that's a good point because when Mike's there, it's kind of like, dude, what are you doing there? Right, exactly, you know, right. how did you get here and right. shit, shit like that. Right. Which is kind of just that one shot of him being in that crowd of the roulette thing. I, I found that to be pretty haunting for me. Very um, haunting, like yeah. to yeah. see the main the character. Incredible we, shot. Uh, very, very, well. Awful shot. But, um, what I yeah, what I what I like about the the, the stand scene though the stand of the, him shooting the gun is there's it feels like that's a moment where a whole bunch of like you know like the damn breaks like a whole bunch of stuff yeah. building up just kind of like breaks through yeah. and it's not and it's almost right. um it's it's anticlimactic in a really yeah. devastating way you know right. it's not like anything changes after that but it's you know with that when kind of mentioned bringing back the idea of Mike having secret knowledge when he returns to Clinton that's yeah. like when he like flashes it at them you know he flashes right. the primordial gods that he's been yeah. looking at and they're like holy shit it's, it's it freaks like, them out
1: yeah it's like he yeah, I think a flood is kind of like good it's like a, he's a, his brain is a dam and it, it breaks yeah. for a second and, uh, and then he and then he's able to rebuild it but the, 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 melancholy, right, right, right. the melancholy thing about a lot of things about the other that is melancholic, but it's probably going to continue to, to happen. You know, it's not... Yeah. It's most likely not going to be a one-time occurrence. You know, it's like, that's PTSD. That's, you know, it's, it's, it's something that is... Uh, he'll never be able to, like, get past this insanely traumatic thing that he experienced, you know, um, that most humans all... I would say the majority of humans on the planet have never experienced putting a gun to your head, pulling a trigger, and seeing, yeah. you know, like, um, but yeah, how about that scene? How about the Vietnam... The
0: scene? <laughs> yeah, dude. Insane, uh, dude. Holy fuck. So intense. Um, yeah. Every, every element of that, I mean, was like just was so is, perfectly done. was like completely... Freaking out the way that Mike is like
1: talking him down. Um, yeah. I find that that scene, like Mike, almost like taking control of the situation to be like really fucking compelling. Like, every, like it's just like really, really.
0: Um, I didn't say it, but it's like, it's fun to watch. I mean, it thrilling. I mean, it was absolutely yeah. thrilling. I, I know. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's another thing about it where it's like when. It's amazing that you can do the justice of the realism and still make it compelling, yeah, right. exciting, right. cinematic experience. But right. I, I really feel like, which I think I've heard some notes about there's being some critiques about that scene, not like the realism of that scene or the, the mm-hmm. factual inaccuracy of that scene kind of causing some problems. I won't uh, comment yeah, on that because sure. I, I, I don't know. So I can't right. argue that this is like how yeah. war really was. i will go the but,
1: Russell Roulette circle. I don't really know what right. they really like, you
0: know? <laughs> But We're the, never held hostels by the cops. Never, never, happened to me. But the the the, <laughs> the the gripping factor of the dread mixed with like yeah. the exhilaration. Um, but, I was also just so uh, taken by the psychological differences between like Nick, Stephen, sure, and Mike. Yeah, you yeah. Know? No, how yeah, they responded to it so differently. Makes
1: it so well, yeah. It's like it's. Uh... Yeah, I mean that adds to the richness of the characters in general. You know, and like even like that first hour leading up to that, you get the, their personality so well that when that happens it's like it's almost like you're you're almost like it's like a shock in the system of how Steve reacts to it, you know, or, or yeah, Nick is reacting to it. But Mike reacting to it is, is also like uh, I love that it. Just, throws you it it's so um i know such a, I, I really would love to know if that was planned i, I like i mean right. like did they figure that out on the edit or did they figure that out like beforehand like that you know he was just gonna cut to to the just cut to it i mean it's also uh horribly um shocking right when it cuts, you see the the guy put a bomb on the in the um Oh yeah dude. In the kids and the yeah it's terrible. Um but I think that yeah. that was an absolutely like imp- like we said earlier, ingenious um cut and to like put you right in the horror. I mean there's no no leading up to it. There's no like there's nothing. It leads you right in the horror bombing Horrible shit happens, like immediately, and just puts you right with them in this, like, in the worst moment that they had in Vietnam. Instead of like, this movie could have easily been like a traditional Vietnam movie where they, you know, you see them meet the camp, and you, you know, it's like, you don't see any of that. You literally just get. The most traumatic that, that, they, never, that they experienced when they were there. Then, I know.
0: It, I it would be cool. It would be really interesting to know how much that would plan. I would. I would really agree with you I would I would, it, really, I, would, I would. I would. I would assume
1: that they shot a little bit more of like the setup, possibly yeah. of like how that you know first of all how the palace got destroyed and like all that shit, and then leading into that. But like I, I would assume that they maybe shot that stuff, but then in the edit decided. Let's just cut like right to it. You know,
0: yeah, I, of, that, that's 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 what it feels that it feels like a discovery type of thing that they realized along yeah. along the way. Um, it's, it's the editing of this movie.
1: so, I mean, one of the things I mean, we said this earlier for one of like an older film that we talked about. Like one of the things that impresses me so goddamn much about early cinema is editing. Like I just find the 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 attention to editing, especially in those old films, and, like, how, like, purposeful a cut was, and, like, just how, um, I don't know, there, it's just, because it was so uh, more arduous than it is today, where you're just uploading and watch like, five different versions of the scene within five seconds, or five right, minutes, right, right. Know? But this, like, it was, so you had to be so precise in the way that you cut a scene together i, I just agree. really i really when i see something that is like super well edited like the movie that came out a year i think the same year all that jazz is like an absolute masterpiece the editing of that i want to see. i like i don't even know how they did this like it's so fast-paced and so tight and like a masterpiece of the movie, I'm like, how do they even edit this in 1979? Like, I couldn't even imagine how many passes they went through with this movie, or like how many yeah. fucking like, hours and hours and hours that they put in to, to edit the film, which is
0: like, unbelievable. Um, yeah, also the fact of it being a destructive process, isn't it's that a crazy?
1: a process, and then you also, like, yeah, are literally cut of it. You, and, yeah.
0: Okay, here's this, here's this shot that we spent millions of dollars on. I'm just going to cut it with some a pair of fucking scissors. What? Insane, <laughs> what the man. fuck? And then And then put it tape it together with actual know, tape!
1: look like you look like things that are shot on film, like Oppenheimer are shot on you know, the city film, and, you know, look then, they fucking you know, put it into the computer, you stand it into the computer, and then edit it in a computer, yeah. and then reprinted it to film because <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah, it's just crazy. is another great. I couldn't even imagine a film like that being cut like by hand. It's just like, if Oppenheimer came out in 1972, it would be the greatest movie. Like There would be like no, deba- <laughs> no debate. It would be like, this is the biggest achievement anybody's ever made. Just because of the insane non story storytelling that no one's doing. and you know the amount of shots that are that movie is absolutely absurd that like it, right you will know, be like there's
0: no way that someone this by hand. there's absolutely no way. Yeah. right that's that but it is an element about older films that sometimes i get um i feel a loss when watching some modern movies about how much i i feel the editing and how active yeah, right, editing right. is i really feel like editing might be my favorite p- one of my favorite parts of the it's whole too. movie it's like, how it's 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 uh, edited. Uh,
1: I think it's, it dates the movie like you, you know it's it's how that's when it comes together literally and you know and literally it's like how you create you know what to lead in, what to not lead in. it's like very like it I just love that process but also like I love um how especially things that are edited in a really interesting I love the rhythm of editing I love really yeah me uh, too um um, like what I say like Alkenheimer and all that jazz is like the rhythm of those films are like so like just musical they're so interesting right musical Um, uh, and I think a right, lot of that's, people that's don't notice that a lot and I think um, editing is almost like a lost kind of um, I don't know right. I think people acknowledge how good a really movie is you have to be really you have to be a pretty good, you have to be like the, you gotta be a girl. to be like the of that was awesome my right. mom, mom, mom would never go that was a really well edited movie you know which it's it's
2: interesting is because because
0: you don't want to be attention to it right you don't want to draw yeah. attention to um right I feel like edited. the thing the thing about it is that when you edit a film incredibly even people who don't understand editing will have the emotional impact of exactly, it I right. think I no, think t- absolutely, totally, it, and and the problem, the problem with, I guess, I'll say lazy editing. I know, I, I guess for lack of a better word, or maybe assembly line editing, right. where you're just kind of combining footage in the correct, like yeah. matching action type of way, without maybe much thinking or intention along that, is that people won't notice. You know, yeah. but they won't feel anything either. That's right. the thing about like a lot of TV shows that like yeah. makes it so hard to watch a lot of TV because it's such a high speed well, process they, they that sometimes to. you have yeah, to you have, have to just put it yeah. together in a right. cut that just makes continuital sense. Again, you know, watch Gary. <laughs> I, I keep <know laughs> telling you that. But watch Gary. Yeah, really interesting but
1: cinematic, really well edited show. Also very interesting.
0: It's kind of but it kind of feels like if you're making a song but you just take out the rhythm section. You can still write compelling music yeah, without totally, a rhythm yeah, section, right, right. but you it's it's removing like the skeletal structure yeah, right. of, of what puts keeps it all together. Right. Um but man, yeah. So I am always delighted when I see a movie like this cuz the editing the editing in this is mind-blowing. I think for it look
1: at Wild West out of
0: the Oscars. Uh, yeah, well well fucking deserved. But
1: uh i guess uh the the last thing that i want to mention is the the go the, literal, the of the movie because mm-hmm. like i never thought i would tear up at god bless america but <laughs> I, I did know, i was watching I know, it and i was like yeah this is really there's just something i just thought that one i found that to be i don't know very bold uh to, to i just, think
0: that was a little controversial too actually i, I don't know the see details that. of that I but i totally think it was that.
1: um but i found that incredibly nuanced
0: and too. incredibly powerful um another i was i was struck by it being a parallel to the piano scene where it was right. another point where these people who have trouble expressing their emotions are able to get to the place through the assistance of music right you know, through this John right, character who seems right. to be a bit more emotional right. or yes. something. Yeah. Right. And you have this moment that kind of bookends this, also the horror. Singing God bless America. I, is, yeah. Right. Uh, really?
1: Striking. <laughs> but it's, yeah, but it's also like, that's where I could it's so, I could such a genius way that also the actors play that. There's this singing of almost like mournfulness, you know? But you're thinking about just also that song um, pertaining to just the war, the war yeah. in general, and what this what the war had done to their friend and singing this song, it's like there's so many layers to and you can see it in the actors' faces of like singing the song it is conjuring up so many it's like, God bless America, you know, I fought for my country, but also this country made me made my friend go to war and go crazy yeah. and shoot himself in the head. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's I just thought that, that was such a bold and fascinating way to end it. And it's, but it really highlights that thing I was talking about earlier. It's not pro-war and it's not necessarily anti-war. It's this thing that these characters sing a deal, and they don't really know how they feel about it, them singing the song. It's kind of like, I guess this is what we're supposed to do. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah, uh, right. I thought it was just like, I was like, I teared up at it. I was like, this is what a powerful way to end. It's such a quiet moment, too. And the scene before that was so kind of like sweet because they're all friends, you know, it's a family. Unit basically, so they're making food and they're making dinner. There's you know, um, they're kind of all flustered, also like they bring coffee and they forget to bring the cups. And it's just, it's just, there's so many great, like, little human moments in it that are just that make it feel so alive and real. And like, right, when when that happens, it's like, listen, I'll never say God bless America with my family, you know, i have never, yeah, you know, but there's something just like, yeah, this is what they would do. And I don't know how they feel about doing this right now, but they're doing it,
0: you know? the Right, right. Right. I completely agree about it. It was com- utterly devastating for yeah. me. Um, and I was really struck by them, you know, when they were gathering like that and kind of making food. I was struck by, and they were just overcome by this intense, horrible sadness. Um, of of Nick's death that they were trying to figure out how to connect with each other and be with each other but none of their usual tactics or routine seemed to be working it wasn't quite clicking they all wanted to be with each other they all wanted to connect with each other but nothing seemed right you know nothing seemed Mm -hmm. to fit and then that moment in addition to all of that weird ambiguous shit (laughs) political shit and thematic shit in it it also seemed to be what they needed at the sure. end. They did that, and yeah. then they were able to right. move on bad. from that. Right. Um, and the other, the last thing about that that hit me was it was like it feels like you're waiting for Mike's moment to finally say what he needs to say, and he's up there and he's about to toast, and he just says to Nick, okay. and the movie ends. Yeah, and it's right. like, whoa. Yeah. It's whoa. That yeah, it's, That really it's got just me. Really. It's
1: just beautiful because it's just that is what this character will do I and mean, I'm not to relate to my, my grandfather but he has never and even my father has never told me or like or anybody a Vietnam story yeah and I just thought that was you know the, 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 the men of that generation the way that they would bottle up things, and the yeah. way that they just hold things in, which I think is a, a deep sadness for that generation, um, that a lot of these guys, especially people who went to war and experienced these things, are were caught in how they grew up, or you know whatever circumstances, to not express these feelings, and uh, yeah. it's just a deep sadness with. That generation of, of people. And I think that's why this movie kind of hits really hard today. Because you think about yeah. these people who did fought fought in Vietnam are still here today. You know, there's a lot of Vietnam veterans who are still alive. Um, so it's, uh, and I
0: mean, and also the how masculinity, the definition of masculinity, has evolved has so much so since much. then.
1: I went and saw Barbie. I mean, it's a total takedown. <laughs> Oh, um, you know mas- Well, I take that It's not word But it's a You know, satire On masculinity Yeah, yeah and So it's like Yeah it's, it's 100% You know The way that Gender roles And things like that Have evolved To this You know We have our own problems now You know Talking about these things But it's Evolved way past
0: What it was in the 70s In a progressive way You know Right um, And that's so. That's that's a That's a real identification there's a lot of identifiable, uh, identifiable valuable things in this movie. But that's, you know, a big one for me is how it chronicalized, you know, right. captures that masculine a, 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 experience. It captures
1: also that with a cog a cog, a, a a, a you know? Yeah. It's a great just uh time capsule. of, like, you know, yeah, like, what, you know, um, art, art about New about the war also is absolutely fascinating, you know, you can, you can, you can, Apocalypse Now, Platoon, you know, Border Force line and, you know, all of a sudden, Nax has made, he made a couple of movies literally about the Vietnam War, but he also, you even look at, like, movies like Natural War Killers is almost like a, yeah you know, kind of right. a, um, a statement on the aftermath of the Vietnam War, you know, and, mm, and yeah. kind of how that affected people, Um, and, which is really fascinating, and you know, he's a fascinating, figure but um yeah it's just it's it's fascinating like one of the reasons why i love you know um you know history <laughs> history is cool american yeah. history
0: fascinating yeah, dog. yeah and, it's crazy um
1: yeah i'm a... glad that you like this
0: movie a lot because yeah i'm, I'm glad you really liked moved, it really really good that's it. For the deer hunter, uh, we had a bit of a snafu, so uh, the, the ending bit that we originally recorded for this episode is lost to the void, but that was the majority of the conversation, and uh, next week we're going to be talking about Emperor's New Groove. Um, this was the movie quest. I'm Jesse. Alex is not here, but he will be next time. Goodbye.